TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Monday here. little holiday season is upon us. The big dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. What a great sports weekend it was. Ton of stuff to talk about. No way we're going to get to it all in the 57 minutes and 30 seconds that they allot us. We absolutely need to get a two-hour show. We're working on that, folks. But in the meantime, we will uh, continue to uh, peruse with our limits that we have. Let's welcome in, first of all, my good partner, checking in via the telecommunicated phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. It's the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, Coach, it's always good to be on the show. And I'm going to ask, can I ask you one thing? Can I can I come off of this show for like 10 minutes? Because I was just in an accident. I was with a friend of mine, and she was walking, and she fell on the ice. And now she's laid out on the ground, and I'm not kidding about this. And I have to call back in 10 minutes, and I'll confirm whether or not she's still alive. Take take, <laughs> take care of your friend and call. It, she doesn't look good right now, Coach. Take care of your friend and call back. I'll be back in 10 minutes. I love live radio. All right, later, Coach. <laughs> One thing you know with the big dog, you never know what you're going to get. And I think we did get, maybe this is just a little ploy. A little hit. One of our segments on the docket for the day, Big Do- uh, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Where did the big dog sleep last night? Which is always over the weekend. It's even a better segment because actually you could say, where did the big dog sleep this weekend? Maybe we got a little sneak peek into a uh, titillating version of where did the big dog sleep last night? Well, if he's got female companionship, should be an interesting story. Yeah. Well, apparently the female companionship has slipped on the ice. I will tell you, it is dangerous. I'll walk it out there. She won't be the only one today. I felt like um, I felt like the, the penguin from the Batman show walking in the show today. You know, you got to take those short little steps, and you got to kind of plow your feet out to the side to get a better angle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With all that wet snow that we had on Saturday, yeah. you know, the driveway was moist. I went out to get the paper this morning. Yep. And it's like it's slick the whole way down. <laughs> Right down there, yeah. They'll, they'll be. Uh, so the... I just laid down on my belly like a penguin and just slid. Oh, down that's nice. There. It's a nice yeah. look. The only problem with that is then you get the wet buttock. So now you go down to sit sit down and read your nice Monday morning paper. And oh, you no, got... no, I went on my stomach just like oh, a penguin. Oh, even better. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Is that how penguins do it? Yes, they do. I don't know that I've ever seen a penguin go uh, belly first. I've seen him with the waddle walk, which is what I was doing all morning, going out and getting the paper and coming in the studio, but... Penguins go uh, belly first, huh? They do indeed go belly first. Once again, an educational show, folks, if not uh, entertaining. At least one out of the two is not bad. It is the two guys in a mic show. Big Dog will be joining us, hopefully, in a little bit. That was a, um interesting way to open up the show. Hopefully he was kidding about the seriousness of that young lady's injury. Our phone number here, if you want to join us, 888-463-6748. Maybe you've slept. Maybe you've fallen and you can't get up. You've tried calling a few people. You can't get a hold of anybody. You're on the ground. You're injured. You can't move. You got your cell phone with you. Dial us up. We will send for help. And even if we don't send for help, we will entertain you with a little sports talk as you are lying in pain on the icy sidewalk somewhere here in the beautiful Midwest or the East Coast. 
888-463-6748. Great weekend. A lot of football to talk about. I was going to lead off with the big dog and saying we got to talk some NFL football today, but I think first and foremost we got to go to the college football front. A, because the college football season basically came to a close last weekend with some conference championship games. I know there is the uh, the classic classic Army and Navy game coming up next week. I don't want to slight that one at all. That's a tremendous game, tremendous rivalry, great atmosphere, etc. And then even more so than the conference championship game, taking a look at the bowl picture. Got all the teams selected, where they're going. Who's playing who? And I will tell you this, and I haven't completely analyzed everything, but I've gone to the, t- the head of the class. I've jumped ahead to, uh, what is it, about January 3rd where some of those big games start. Real good. Real good. I mean, arguably as good a man. You never know how they're going to play out, but but I think they're as good a matchups as I've seen in the big bowls in a long, long time. So definitely want to talk some college football. we got some fans out there you want to comment on the bowl picture. Love to hear from you. Again, our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. You can always email us at mike2guys at aol.com. That's M-I-C, short for microphone, and the number two. Don't spell out two. We'd like to keep things simple here on the show. Mike2guys, aol.com. Coaching the big dog with you up until 11 o'clock here in Chicago. Any Bears fans you want to check in? Talk about the Bear victory yesterday. Feel free to do so as well. Uh, a lot of people were complaining about the first half, including apparently head coach Lovey Smith was not happy with the first half. I didn't think it was that bad. They came out a little flat. No doubt about it. They didn't. They, they weren't flying to the football, particularly on the defensive side where they played so well of late. Uh, and they weren't tackling with the ferocity that they normally do. I don't know if ferocity is a word, but I kind of like that. Um so, yeah, they lost their edge a little bit. I'm not saying they're playing bad. I think Lovey went off at halftime. Probably the straw that broke the camel's back was that last series before halftime. Really, it wasn't a series. Uh, Detroit got the ball, what, at like the seven-yard line and got a rather casual 46-48 yard run by uh, Javid Best, who was supposed to be injured. Guy's hobbling on one foot, played a pretty good game on the few runs he had for hobbling on one foot. And then uh, one or two plays later, might have been the next play, Calvin Johnson. Catches the football, and we get one defensive back missing a tackle of the free safety. Chris Harris making a bad angle. Calvin Johnson goes in the end zone. Touchdown, and apparently Lovey went off at halftime with the players. That's good. That's good. We need to see a little emotion. Well, we don't get to see it. But apparently the players did, but came out and played a pretty good second half. I was not that distraught at halftime. And, you know, I'm pretty hard on the Chicago Bears. I get frustrated very easy. My normal objectivity and professionalism, which normally are upstanding and upright. Feel free to bounce the laugh track in any time you want. Uh, sometimes does not take hold with the Chicago Bears because I've got such a deep and passionate and long-time love for the Bears. I can't be as objective as always. Sometimes I'm harder on them. You're always harder on the ones that you love. But I know I, w- I was okay with the first half. I think Detroit Lions were coming out looking for a big victory. Bears were hanging in. It was a workmanlike victory. I thought they played, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest game in the world, but they played very well. And I, I will tell you, it was, in my opinion, and maybe greatest is the wrong word to use. It was the best game I've seen Jay Cutler play as a Chicago Bear. Statistically, I don't know that it will show that. And it's, it's a weird reason that I'm going to give you for the best game that Jay Cutler ever played as a Chicago Bear. It's because he didn't make you nervous at any point during the game. There's other games where he's thrown zero interceptions, not that many. 
or maybe one interception, had three or four touchdown passes, and had more throwing yards. But in most of those games, in almost every other game, there's always an edge with Jay Cutler. Maybe there were a couple of passes that should have been intercepted, that didn't get intercepted. You're always on edge. You're never at ease. Yesterday, for the first time in the nearly two years, that the very unlikable Jay Cutler, as quarterback my Chicago Bears, I felt comfortable. Sat back in the chair, sipping a little red wine, eating my wild rice and cold spaghetti sauce. Not a bad combo, by the way. I highly recommend the 90-second, I forget what the brand it is. You put it in the bag, you tear off the top, put it in the microwave, 90 seconds, you got your bowl of rice, very dry, but you put spaghetti sauce, don't bother cooking the hot spaghetti sauce on the stove, then you get you forget about it, it starts popping, you get spaghetti sauce all over the place. Just take the cold spaghetti, pour it over the hot rice, it'll make a nice mixture. And and boom, within uh, you know less than a minute, you're eating good food. Not to mention a little leftover pumpkin pie, about a week and a half old. Kind of crusty and stale, but yeah. So I'm uh, munching away, but it was the first time. As I'm munching away, drinking away, whatever I was doing watching the game at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, DVR the game, thank you very much, um, that I was relaxed watching Jay Cutler. Any other Bear fans have that feeling? Any Chicago fans have the same feeling that it was the best game that Jay Cutler's played as a Chicago Bears? He was precision-like. He was he was almost, you know, the old, I was going to say Peyton Manning, not this year's Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning-like in his delivery of the football, short. Medium range. I don't know if we hit any bombs, but boy, and he hit guys in stride. The danger factor, the the uh, the, the wow factor, if you will, with Jay Cutler, which kind of makes it fun to watch. It's entertaining because you never know what's going to happen, but the wow factor was missing yesterday. It was just precision. It was like a surgeon with a very sharp knife. It was like at uh, Thanksgiving dinner when you got the turkey in front of you and you're cutting it up with a brand new or maybe it's an old knife that's been freshly sharpened, and you're just slicing through that baby, perfectly cooked. No problem at all. Sweet, smooth, precision-like. Very nice. 24-20. Bears hang on to win. Fairly entertaining game. Got the New York, uh, uh, I'm sorry, New England Patriots coming up next weekend and the New York Jets. So we got some good games coming up. The Bears basically have clinched a playoff spot and maybe uh, above and beyond that as they go 9-3, and three, five wins in a row. We'll do our NFL Roundup Wrap-Up show as always. David Olson will put some music to that. Uh, David, did you catch the uh, Chicago Bear game yesterday? Or were you too busy buying presents for the little ones? I saw bits and pieces of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but uh, eh, I saw maybe half the game. Mm-hmm. Including you know, the uh, you know the fourth and one stop that turned the game around. So yeah, that was the big play. And one of the guys I want to mention here, uh, you know, on the positives, that there's not many for negatives, really. Matter of fact, I get no one, no one down for negatives. That's the first time I can remember. I can keep the positive, negative. Sli- I got nobody, nobody down for negative. But David, the play you're talking about, the fourth and one, that was the biggest play of the game, and uh, DJ Moore who is my defensive player of the game. Sure, he's thrilled to hear that, that he's the coach's defensive player of the game. He made that play, and, and, and you know, the uh, average fan will look at it, oh, yeah, he made a nice deflection on the play. That was a good good job. The real key, the real key to that play was not mentally getting sucked into the fake. If you're a football fan, I think we got the big dog back on the line. If you remember fourth and one, it was a uh, kind of a gamble call, but I don't remember exact. But they rolled out to the right and faked some kind of maneuver right side. 
Quarter, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Quarterback pivots and turns left side. So not only does DJ Moore make the nice deflection, he does not get sucked into the flow. And don't forget, it was not fourth and eight. It was fourth and one. So easy for him to get sucked into the run play situation. So, Big Dog, I thought DJ Moore played, first of all, how was your uh, lady friend? Uh, well, we could probably get back to that, but Coach, I had to admit it was, it was it was pretty funny. And I, for the first time in my life, did the gentlemanly thing and made sure she was okay. I mean, she had just fallen right when it happened. It was it was kind of ugly. Yep. I let go of the hand to go dial the phone, and next thing I know, it's mm-hmm. flat. Because we're in beautiful Humboldt Park, and they don't shovel the drive or the, well, the sidewalk. I, I got news for you. I don't care if you're in beautiful. You could take the wealthiest neighborhoods wherever you might be in the Chicago area. The, the footing is pretty much the same, Big Doug, because you had that kind of a late snow slush, and then it turned freezing before people could shovel again. So it's it's pretty slippery out there. Emergency room uh, doctors, physicians, attendants will be very, very busy today with a number of injuries. Yeah, I asked her if she hit her head, and the and the answer was, I don't know. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's not good, Coach. Yeah. Well, she should not play football for at least a couple of weeks. Okay, that's well, she does like to run into other human beings at full yep. speed. But, uh, yeah, the, she is doing a, rough, a lot better right now. She's, yeah. At least she, she's smiling at me, which is rare. So maybe she is backed up a little bit. <laughs> Must not be in her right senses, huh? Yeah, yeah, I have, absolutely not. You know, you know, okay, getting back to, the, to that play, um, you, know, you know, Coach, it's, you know, in some way, I mean, I totally agree with you, but, you know, all he did was do his job. When you're a defensive back, you're supposed to read that on that play, he, he was the guy on the outside, so he had the tight end, who was the end of the line. Yep. The tight end went, like, locked down for a split second, and that's the, that's when you can get sucked in. And then he rolled back out, you know, right. and then tried to get loose. Mm-hmm. You know, he read his keys. You know, like, if you see the guy blocked down, a lot of guys would come flying in. Well, you know, he took the step up. And the next thing he realized, the guy was in a route. That's why he had beat him by a little bit, but it would have taken a perfect throw mm-hmm. by Drew Stanton in order to, you know, complete the pass. And, you know, that didn't happen. Because that was a huge play, Coach. Yeah, it was probably the single biggest play of the game. He's a fifth-round draft choice, correct, Big Dog, and a rookie this year. Yeah, yeah. No, wow. no, no, no. He was a fifth-round last year. Last year. Technically, this is his first year playing because okay. he was on the practice squad the whole last season. Okay. He didn't get any tick at all last year, no mm-hmm. run, so... Uh, technically, he is a rookie because he didn't play it all last year. All right, so for a lot of the folks that are on the practice squad, frustrated they're not on the regular NFL team, they're on the practice squad. A lot of those practice squad players across the NFL listen to our show because we're kind of like the outsider. They feel like the outsider. We have a connection, Big No. But to all those practice squad players out there, there's hope for you. Guys like DJ Moore, you put good year of work in, you come back next year, you have a good spring training, if you want to call it that, you too can be an impact player in the National Football League. Uh, Coach, 99% of the reason to be happy is exactly that, because you still have a chance to to live out your dream and and play in the greatest league in the world, which is the NFL. And the other 1% reason is you get paid $5,000 a week. You're going to get paid $85,000 this year and more if your team makes the playoffs uh, and have a job, because there's a lot of people in the United States of America that would love an $85,000 a year job that mm-hmm. intended on them. They practice for three hours a day and watch film for an hour and then try to improve themselves so they can live out their dreams. So, I think yeah, you, you make a fairly convincing case of that. Big Doug, I opened <laughs> yeah. up the show by saying we're going to definitely feature college football today. I want to finish out the Bears talk, but college football is going to be first and foremost. We'll talk the bowl picture. I also mentioned uh, that the Chicago Bears, I thought it was, a, a, you know, I never got frustrated during the game, I was very happy, very content. I thought it was the best game that Jay Cutler has ever played as a Chicago Bear, not because of the wow factor, but because there was no 
near interceptions. There was no nervous plays. He was, uh, I hesitate to say this, but he was cool, calm, workmanlike, precision-like in his passing, the best I've ever seen Jay Cutler. And and I'm going to say this, too. I think Mike Martz, uh, out of the first 12 games as yep. uh, offense coordinator for the Bears, by far his his best game calling that he's had. Because you know I am, Coach. You know, I want to be able to have a totally balanced offense, run inside, run outside, throw it short, throw it mid-range, throw it long. You know, I'm I'm all about doing it all. And and you know, like when the game is on the line, you have a four point lead, six minutes to go in the game, coach. I want to be able to run the clock out and run the ball. Yep. Well, do you know what the Bears realized? They couldn't just run it every down and run it out. So know what they did? They realized that keeping the ball was more important than just running the clock. In order to run the clock, they might have had to pass it yep. a couple times. And point. you know, I'm all about old school run the ball, coach. But when you're if your quarterback can play calm, cool, and collected, and is and is third and four. Instead of just running it for a two-yard gain and punting it and continuing the clock move, it, it'd be mm-hmm. nice to pass it. Those two passing plays in their, uh, we can call it the six-minute drill because, you know, they, it took, we do they call it the four-minute offense. That was the six-minute offense. I thought right there is shown how much that uh, the Bears have grown up because, mm-hmm. because Mark had run it so often, they mm-hmm. were able to actually pass it for a first down late in the game to win it for the Chicago Bears. The Bears won by passing mm-hmm. the ball in the four-minute drill yesterday. It was awesome. Great point. That's one that I had not written down, but you're exactly right. And you're talking about some of the uh, old offensive philosophy. Moment of silence, if we could, for ex-Bear offensive coordinators Ron Turner, Terry uh, O'Shea, and John Shoops, who basically had that philosophy. Let's run the clock, three downs, and let our defense play football. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? I'd much rather, trust me, I would rather be able to run it three times and get the first down. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not an idiot coach. I'm old school. But then again, I also would keeping the ball is a lot more important than running the clock off for an extra forty seconds and automatically giving the ball back. Yep. You know what I mean? I want to have the type of offense that mm-hmm. if you can't run it, then it, then you keep the ball by passing it, and that's exactly what they did, Coach. And by the way, his name is Terry Shea, but we can call him Terry O'Shea, Coach, as long as you promise <laughs> to spell it. O-H, apostrophe, S-H-E-A. Or, okay. or in parenthetical part, after the uh, O-H, put an O in there. Oh, no, O'Shea. <laughs> oh, goodness, those are some brutal, brutal years. Not that many of them. Thank goodness the Detroit Lions, uh, uh, game competitors, and any of our listeners out in the Detroit area have faith your team will be back. And don't worry, you got yourselves a good coach, in my opinion, Jimmy Schwartz, right? Yes, Jim Schwartz. Coach. I like the cut of the jib of a Jim Schwartz. I like the way he handles his team, like a sideline demeanor. I think uh, my good friend Gunther Cunningham. Gunther, I need the defense. We will tackle, and we will cover, and we will find a way to beat the other team. <laughs> but uh, I know I like Jim. Uh, I like <laughs> I like Jimmy Schwartz. I think he's a good coach. The Detroit Lions will see the other side of the uh, mountain uh, sooner than later, in my particular opinion, Big Dog. Yeah, and I know Lions fans are sick of, yeah. of I know hearing me say this, but they're actually a pretty good team. They're the best two and ten team I've ever yeah. seen in football history. With injuries. Yes. With yes. injuries. They've got a very, very good yeah. up front seven on defense and that is and they have a quarterback and they've got two good running backs. Yeah. They have the possibility of making the playoffs next season because of those. Those are like the things you need most in football mm-hmm. is a defensive line and they've got that, oh my goodness. And Dominican Sue is the real deal, Coach. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. If the kid remains healthy, he will be a, an, an all-pro multiple times. Mm-hmm. 
and he will be a, a Hall of Fame player. As I'm saying that as a rookie, and I have, I'm 100% certain about that, Coach. The guy is the most dominant defensive lineman in his first year that I have ever seen, wow. ever. Wow. Strong statement. I, I've been hearing that from experts like yourself, and I respect your opinion and the experts. I, I will say watching him, I can't say if I if I wouldn't have heard you guys say that, I would not. I would say he's good. I wouldn't say this, he's, he's that great, but you've watched tape, I know, and analyzed his game, so. I, I, I mean, all I do is watch football, coach. I watch yep. football, I watch football, and I watch more football. Yep. The guy is gonna end up with 10 sacks as a defensive tackle coach, in a, as a rookie, that no one has ever done that, ever. I mean, it's, and by the way, he plays the run ferociously. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm really worried. When I watch that guy play, I just shake my hand, be like, you know, the Bears are gonna have to play this guy 20, 25 times, and I just, I'm already sick of him. <laughs> the Bears have to put two guys on the guy on every single play, and he still they can't block the guy. So, but it was it was funny because yesterday I went to the Tim Lizzie to watch the game because I was in the city and I was at the studio and and uh, my producer Robert McEwen can't afford television, so <laughs> so I had to actually so I figured hey I'll go to the Tim Lizzie it's a Detroit Lions bar coach went in there and it was awfully awfully fun to hear like go to a Lions bar that had a, like a lot of Bears fans in it the Bears would score. You know, they would sing Bear Down, Chicago Bear. And here's how they would sing a coach. Bear Down, Chicago Bear. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, I, do we want you guys want me to teach you the words? And then the Lions would score. And, uh, you know, they, their, their fight song is only like three lines. So everybody knew it. But it was, it was really cool to see these fans going back and forth. Uh, it was, it was an awful lot of fun to actually watch a game in a sports bar for the first time in like five years. I'm not kidding, coach. So the first thing, normally I like to be by myself, you know, get the tissue paper out. You know, close the turn the lights out, and when I watch my football, okay, coach. Yeah. But yeah, yesterday I was actually I watched it in public, and I realized that I can't control myself during football and, and you, watch it in public. And you did not need your tissue paper now that you're watching in public. I hope. Well, yeah, well, of course I did, coach, because it was you know it was I, I lost the bet. I had to cry a little bit. Yeah, no question about it. Tell Robert the uh, Rain Man. What the hell's his last name again? Uh, McEwen, coach. Yeah, tell him uh, if he can't afford a TV, we will donate the cause here at Two Guys and a Mic for the great job. He is doing, uh, we'll find him a gift certificate at Apt Electronics or one of our other fine sponsors here on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic show. Could you could you do something about uh, the cable, the monthly bill? What the heck? We'll throw that in, too. It's the holiday season. <laughs> not a problem. David Olson's giving me a thumbs up. At least I, I hope that's his thumb he's giving me. I'm not sure. Yeah, you could just yank one of those two off the wall right in front of you. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. It's good to know. I, uh, you, know when I, you know, when I stay in the studio, I'm not prepared. Yes. Plus, he's got some type of computer in there, and I don't know how to work it, Coach. So I can I can only get, go to like a couple sites, and they're usually and they're usually .dot nets if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got those down pat, huh? Part oh of yeah. yeah, don't say pat. Thank you very much. Uh, famous wide receiver for the Ireland football team, Pat McGroin. Excellent. Thank you very Excellent. much. He, he was aligned across from uh, Phil McCracken. <laughs> Every time the announcer would say Pat McGroin, I would say, "Hey, Pat, your own." Uh, 888-463-6748, the NFL round them up and wrap them up coming up in just a little bit. We got to get that out of the way. And then we got to finish up the show talking college football. Big deal. I am excited about the bowl matchups, but, uh, very quickly before we hit the break, final comments on our beloved Bears. It was a workmanlike victory yesterday, 24-20. I started to say before you came on, I usually keep my list of, of positive players and negative players. Uh-huh. I don't have a single comment down to the negatives. Nobody. I got, you know, Earl Bennett, and we finally found a Brandon Malayaliuna. 
And a yeah. Robbie Gold, 54-yard field goal. And, and a Chester Taylor, thank you, Mike Martz, used him beautifully. Nine rushes, five receptions. So a lot of good performance. No negatives. It was a workmanlike job for the Chicago Bears, unless you could pick something out, Big Dumb. No, no, I would say Chester Taylor. How many yards did he end up with, Coach? Eh, like nothing phenomenal. Maybe late 30s, early 40s. I would, I'm would. i surprised it was that many. Did he have a big run? The only the only thing like with Martz is when Chester Taylor comes in, they don't run anything downhill. They don't like lead with a, a fullback or anything. They always run the draw, and I swear to you, they, they stuff him out. For uh, for a zero gain every single time he gets the ball. I, I thought it was a little bit better yesterday. Okay, maybe there was a play I missed. But then again, you know, yeah. I did not get to watch the first quarter that of the game. might have been the so. part where the uh, young female at 10 Lizzie's, where you, I uh, think, where you got groped. That might have been the part of the game you missed. Yeah, and yeah, which I, I only got groped once. but uh, like That's I, it? Yeah, but it took me like an hour to recover. It's not a good, it's a long grope. It's a long recovery, too. Wow. I don't bounce back quick, Coach. Yeah, well. <laughs> no, I thought Chester Taylor played well. But the beauty of the game, though, was outside of a slightly flat first-half performance overall by the defense, slightly, there was really no negatives. Again, I use the word workman like it was precision. It was working like I didn't sit in my chair nervous and upset like I normally am watching the game. Yeah, that 90-plus yard drive yeah. that uh, was two plays at the end of the first half, would be the really the true negative of the game. Like, well, come on, guys. You know, tackle somebody. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was. Other than that, I'd have to say you're you're right about the performance. It was really really positive overall, coach. Yeah. And even referee uh, Jim Hockley, who always looks lovely, he even had a particular twinkle in his eye. Big dog referee Jim Hockley must have been working out, looking good for the weekends. He's always a uh, treat for the female and some of the male fans out there. <laughs> He's not as jacked as he used to be, is he, coach? Yeah, he- He's still pretty good. Ed He's Hockley, by the good. way, not Jim. I thought it was Jim. No, it's Ed Hockley. Are you sure? Yes, I'm I'm 100% sure, Coach. Ed Hockley. Yeah, Ed Hockley. Interesting. My notes say Jim, but I'll go with your word, Ed Hockley. <laughs> Maybe Jim's his long-lost brother. All right, we're taking a quick break. Big dog, when we come back, quick quick NFL round them up, wrap them up. Are you with me? Let's, uh, let's go college football in the Bulls. Sounds excellent, Coach, because I don't know who's playing where, so you're going to be telling me. So I'll, be, I'll be finally it's finding good. out right now. It's real good. That's all I can tell you. You'll love okay. the matchups. 888-463-6748. We'll do a quick NFL roundup up, wrap up. Take your phone calls. Go over some of the college bowl pictures and some of the games from last weekend as well. It's a one-hour football extravaganza. Big dog at coachtalkzone.com. to get back to two guys and a mic your mid-morning break sports talk show once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com three and oh baby three and oh big dog on beat the schmoes i'm having my best year ever i'm waiting for the uh the balloon to pop i'm waiting for the boulder to fall on top of me but i went three and oh once again nebraska even though they lost covered with the six points I had the Miami plus 17 against NIU. Didn't need that. Miami upset. Uh, By the way, I got bad news for you. 
What's that? Dr. Jerry Kill, our favorite coach. Uh-huh. Now the head coach of the Minnesota Golden Gopher. Uh, Can you believe that? Sorry about that. that. that that's that, as a as a Northern Illinois yes. uh, Illinois slash Northern Illinois fan. That's yeah. bad news all the way around. Yeah, I, was, I was kind of shocked on that one in particular. Uh, and I had Seattle minus the six over Carolina, three and zero. Big dog. David Olson, zero and two. What about Atlanta, Tampa Bay? Did Tampa Bay cover? They did. Uh, who Damn. won the game? <laughs> no, I had. I didn't have Tampa in that one. I had Atlanta. In that uh, and they yeah, did Atlanta cover. Won and by they did four, cover. Coach, okay. That. That's why you were confusing me. Okay, yeah, sir. Atlanta won by four. So David Olson, uh, once again, producing a one and two. Yes, sir. Consistency. You are a model of consistency. And, yeah, for, the three, yeah, and for the third straight week, I did. You know, I had two winners, <laughs> but one of them didn't beat the spread. So hate to hate when that happens. Big dog, yeah. you uh, you won the South. You lost the South Carolina pick. You won the Virginia Tech pick, and you lost Nevada pick, right? Yeah, I went one and two, coach. Yeah, you one know, and two. I'm tired of carrying you guys. You know that uh, the South Carolina <laughs> game. Uh, you know it looked like oh, it's, it could possibly be a game, and yeah. then there was about 15 minutes, not because uh, it was at the end of the first half and yeah. the beginning of the second half, where I realized I, I really didn't have much of a chance to win <laughs> that game. Oh my yeah. goodness! Did Auburn absolutely? Auburn finally looked like the top team yeah. in the country. Yeah. They, before then, they looked like a really good team who had the best player in the country. Finally, in the SEC championship mm-hmm. game, they look like the best team in the United States of America. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll find out if they can carry that out in the BCS championship game against Oregon. Well, I'm itching, literally itching, to get to your college football uh, discussion here and some of the bowl pictures. But quickly, let's do our regular segment here on the show, the NFL round them up and wrap them up. We put it to music, and quickly, in about uh, maybe 2 minutes and 12 seconds, go over some of the highlights, uh, some of the scores of yesterday's National Football League. Week number 13, tee it up, David Olson. Big dog, here we go, leading us off. How about New Orleans, 34, Cincinnati, 34th and 2, late in the game. New Orleans going to go for the field goal, but they decide to try to fake out the Bengals and leave it to the Bungles. They got faked out. Defensive offsides gave New Orleans a fresh set of downs instead of kicking a field goal and going to OT. Drew Brees makes an easy three-yard pass for a touchdown. Saints, four in a row. Yeah, absolutely pathetic. Five in a row. As a, as a Bears fan, I'm, I was rooting for the Bengals, trying to help the Bears out in positioning with the Saints, and, and it didn't matter. And, man, the Bengals are bad, Coach. Even <laughs> when they play well, they play bad. Batting second in the docket and advancing the runners. How about Kansas City? 10, Denver 6. You could say it was a defensive battle, but you look at the running backs. No Sean Moreno for Denver, 160 yards, and they still lose in Jamal Charles, 160 yards for KC. Big win for the Chiefs. They keep uh, stomping along, big dog. Yeah, that was a huge revenge win because uh, the, the Broncos beat them like 59 to 14 earlier in the year, and, and Todd Haley didn't even shake uh, Josh McDaniel's hand afterwards. So uh, a revenge win, and uh, the Chiefs will take them any way they can get them right now. San Francisco, the 49ers, all they needed was a victory to get back in the hunt in the nobody-wants-to-win NFC West. They were not able to do it. Green Bay, 34, San Francisco, 16. Aaron Rodgers, 298 yards, three touchdowns. The Packers keep nipping at the backside of the Chicago Bear. Yeah, you know what, Coach? Uh, a lot of people are saying Michael Vick is the MVP of the NFL, and he quite possibly could be. But Aaron Rodgers, don't yep. forget about him. He's been playing absolutely phenomenal. 
And by the way, those Packers throwback uniforms that they had on yesterday wow. were, were great. I, oh, I love those jerseys. I went back and forth between what the hell is that? Like it a lot, hatred, like it a lot, they're terrible, and I think I ended up agreeing with you. I like them a lot. They're cool. Yeah, I, I like them. That, that was throwback from what, like circa 1920? Well, it couldn't have been that late because they had numbers on the uniform stuff. So I was thinking those were more like uh, 19, like 40. Are you here to tell me there were no numbers on uniforms back in the 1920s? That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, Coach. Is that historically confirmed or just your uh, football instinct? Uh, okay, the first team to ever have numbers on any type of uniform ever was uh, the 1926 New York Yankees, by the way. Just to throw that out. I'm questioning your authority, but I'm yeah. impressed that you at least pretend to know that. All right, next up on the docket, the historian boy, Cleveland 13, Miami 10. Good ball game here, back and forth. The win, Miami driving for a chance to win a game, but Chad Hanna, Hanna, Hanna throws an interception, and back comes Cleveland. Phil Dawson, field goal, wins the game. The Browns are hanging in, my friend. Oh, yeah, the, the Browns are hanging in there, and they're actually having a pretty decent season, Coach. A lot of people thought they'd have, like, two wins, but, uh, you know, Peyton Ellis has been good. Uh, I know Colt McCoy is out, but he was playing pretty well when he was in it. Uh, the Browns like the Lions. Maybe the doldrums are done for those two beloved uh, franchises. Uh, next up at the docket, we said it would be a pretty good game, and it was a pretty good game. Not a great one. Jacksonville 17, Tennessee Titans 6. One of our favorite coaches, Big Dog Jeff Fisher, maybe starting to lose this particular team for the first time. I can remember the Titans struggling without a quarterback. 17-6, to and uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. The hyphenated kid had a hell of a game, 100 and what, 70, 186 yards, 31 carries. MJD, the star of the afternoon. Yeah, and, and coach, your pick to surprise in the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. are now in first place by themselves. Shocking. Yes, it is shocking. Shocking that I actually made a correct prediction. Uh, next up in the docket, Chicago Bear fans well aware that Minnesota the Vikings won yet again. Ex-Bear Leslie Frazier now 2-0 as a head coach for the Vikings. 38-14 over Buffalo. Brett Favre, 297th career start, Big Doug. It didn't last long. Three plays, he was out. Tavares Jackson, not bad. Got himself a W. Tavares Jackson, he is for real. Yeah, he actually played really well, and I think he should start next week for the Vikings instead of Brett Favre. Uh, Leslie Frazier's quote in today's newspaper, immediately after the game, he said that if Brett fires healthy, Brett's our guy. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully he's not. Well, actually, I want the Bears to end his, his streak, so I, I hope he makes it. I hope he plays, Coach. Sounds like Big Dog's got a case of the sniffles over there. We'll have to... Uh, See if we can send them some solution. But uh, in the meantime, we continue our NFL round them up, wrap them up, an award-winning segment here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. I don't know what award it's going to win, but, David, have we nominated this segment? Have you sent any applications in for uh, any radio awards? I've been meaning to do that, Coach. Okay. Put it on my to-do list. Put it <laughs> well, now, now I have to handle deal with that pressure, Coach. That's not a good – you shouldn't have told me that, Coach. Yeah, we're not good on paperwork and uh, filling, uh, filling forms out here, I can tell you that. Atlanta, 28, Tampa Bay, 24, back and forth. This was a wild game, Big Dog. All kinds of intrigue back and forth. Bottom line is Matt Ryan leads him down again, and the Falcons, they're not dominating team, but they are beating teams. They find a way against Tampa Bay, 28-24 in a weird game. 
yeah, a weird game, but I, I got to tell you, those are two really good young quarterbacks. Josh Freeman of the Bucks is pretty good. Plus, uh, you know, Matt Ryan. There's some good young quarterbacks in that in the in the NFC South, and a heck of a ball game. And, and look, you know, the Freeman has led the Bucks to a bunch of wins late this year. It looked like he was going to do it again, and then. Oh, like a drop pass, a drop pass, and then a sack, and the, and the Falcons win and barely get away with a victory. Dallas 38, Indianapolis 35. Moving along in our NFL round them up, wrap them up. The Cowboys now what two and one under a brand new head coach Jason Garrett, maybe three and one. Yeah, they're three and one. Coach. Three and one, and they uh, beat Indy. That game went in overtime. Peyton Manning had huge stats, over 300 yards, but he also threw again four interceptions. He's become careless. In his later years, picked up possibly early stage Alzheimer's. It might be early stage Alzheimer's, or it might be the fact that they had zero running game and a bad offensive line. Ah. And every time he throws the ball, he's getting hit. So, uh, if you were watching the game, he was legitimately getting a helmet in his ribs every single time he was releasing one of those balls on the interceptions. And two returned for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Reggie Wayne, by the way, 14 yeah. catches over 200 yards. Have a day, Reggie Wayne. Wow. Unbelievable. Yep. Pittsburgh uh, 13, Baltimore 10, the Baltimore, a good defensive battle. If you like defense, you had to enjoy watching this game. I caught a couple of sneak peeks uh, yesterday in this game. But the Ravens basically were controlling the game. Steelers down 10 nothing, heading into the fourth quarter. Pittsburgh finds a way. Roethlisberger touchdown pass with about uh, just under three minutes left. Good game here, Big Dog. Pittsburgh pulls it out. What was the final, 13-10? 13-10. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, somebody... Somebody's like, if you know so much about football, who's going to win the Ravens-Steelers game tonight? And I told them the Steelers, and I, I paid no attention to it, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, I went home early, was in bed by 8 to make sure that I was you know, prepared for the show. Yes, I appreciate that, uh, getting your beauty rest for the show. It's very important. Finally, uh, San Diego apparently got their beauty rest, too. Is Whatever their win streak was, four or five games, looked like they were the dominant team. Maybe the up-and-comer in the NFL, not yesterday. They get beaten. By their compatriots out west, the Oakland Raider, 28, San Diego, 13. What happened to the Charger, Big Dog? Break it down in seven words or less. Uh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't watch too much of that game, Coach. Uh, I was watching more Atlanta and Indianapolis, those games. Um, but I will say this. Every time I looked up, the Raiders seemed to be running the ball effectively. I don't know if that's what it was. If you can't stop the run, many other uh, ills will be taken care of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be black and blue. Interesting. All right. The Oakland Raiders knock off San Diego. Overall, uh, pretty good. Pretty good week. 13 of the NFL season. I think I made the comment coming into it. What was the expression I used? Uh, separation Sunday, or it could be suture Sunday. Meaning if certain teams win, they're going to separate from the pack. I think we're starting to see that in yeah. the NFC. I think yeah. we've seen the separate. The suture was pulling teams closer together. We're seeing that more in the AFC. I think in the NFC, Big Dog, your playoff teams are becoming pretty uh, standardized. The Bears, New Orleans, Atlanta, Green Bay, uh, some of those teams have separated themselves from the pack. The intrigue will be very little as the season wears on. Yeah, uh, see, but uh, I, I do think there's a lot of intrigue left because uh, there's going to be a good team left out because you get your, your four division champions. So that means uh, either you know the Green Bay or the Bears, uh, the the Saints, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers, okay. and the Eagles and the Giants. Out of those, out of all those teams, I said there's going to be three division winners, and the rest of all those teams have only two wild card spots to, to grab for. So somebody that's going to be ten and six, eleven and five this year, will not make will not make the playoffs. 
and the seven and nine Seahawks will. Interesting. It's a great point. So you just mentioned what? Because those are the separation teams. You mentioned seven teams. Yes. So basically, two of those teams will not make the playoffs, and they all, based on what they've done so far, deserve a Tampa Bay. To me, is the weakest of that group. But I'll be honest I agree. with you. I haven't watched that much. I'm amazed that they're doing as well. I can't tell you more than two players on Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to be honest with you. So they're pretty good because they're not great, and they probably will not make it. But a good team in the Giants, Bears, Packers, Saints, Falcons, uh, Eagles are mm-hmm. not going to make it. But I would have to say the, the Falcons and the Eagles right now look pretty – they should win their divisions, most likely. Most likely, mm-hmm. that is. But the – the Eagles still play the Giants, so that who knows what happens in that game. Yeah, see, I, I think uh, I'm going to pick the Eagles of those of those teams you mentioned. I think the uh, Philadelphia Eagles will be the odd man out. Wow, my well, they're actually you know they're ahead of the Giants right now, Coach. So the Giants have to pass them. Interesting. So and uh, and they already beat the Packers earlier mm-hmm. in the year. So if the Bears win the division, the Eagles have the tiebreaker against the Packers for okay. the wild card. All right, we got what three weeks left? Four weeks left. Four weeks left. Okay. I'm, we're not going to get into it now, but the AFC, uh, I think we're, we're seeing more uh, more suture than separation. There's still it's still bundled up pretty good in the AFC. We'll talk about that right now, though. Big dog, we got to get to some college football. Uh, Heck yeah. Uh, the college bowl matchups are out there. I think it's outstanding, especially at the uh, top of the class. Some of those. Uh, uh, January 3rd on days are going to be some great games. I think some great matchups. But first of all, real quick, your thoughts on the game over the weekend. There weren't that many, but uh, it's all about quantity, not quality. We started to talk about Auburn uh, and their victory over South Carolina. They were nothing less than dominant. Would yeah. you put them now as the favorite to beat uh, Oregon for the national championship? Uh, you know what, I, I guess uh, you're going to have to because it was funny because now that this whole uh, – Cecil Newton and Cam Newton thing has been settled. We, we assume it's settled. Uh, it seemed like they played with a little bit of more carefree attitude, and maybe they are the mm-hmm. the favorite because uh, you know the three weeks ago I would have said Oregon would have been favored over Auburn, but right now after watching both Oregon Oregon State and Auburn South Carolina, Auburn should be uh, a five point favorite over Oregon in that game. They really should, Coach. I don't know if they're going to be. Hopefully, it might be a pick 'em, which be a which be a rarity. Mm-hmm. in the national title game, and hopefully that's what it is. Uh, I predict the point spread's going to be, it won't be five. I think it'll be Auburn maybe by three. Uh, Oregon knocked off Oregon State 37-20, to 20, so they've clinched themselves a uh, game in the national championship. The uh, only game I was able to tape and watch, I picked the right one, Big Dog. I have a great instinct for doing that. I have a good feel for what the best game of the weekend will be. Oklahoma, Nebraska, that was awfully good. Great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. College football at its best. Big 12 championship. Nebraska's final game in the Big 12. And they were up uh, 17 points. 17 nothing. Oklahoma came back and won. I don't know if you saw this game, Big Dog, but uh, just a great, pure college football game. Uh, I really, really, really wish I'd been able to watch the coach, but I was uh, uh, incapacitated on Saturday night and was uh, in a place that didn't have a television. So that's, you know, I don't even, don't even remind me. The last time we're going to see Oklahoma and Nebraska play as division or excuse me, as conference rivals, and I wasn't able to check it out. So it was a little too bad. I wish I could have saw it. Uh, we have an email coming in from Cinemax. Cindy, she wants to know, ask Joel exactly how incapacitated, and she's got that in quotes, that you were. Oh, I was tied up, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> ah, goodness, I love Cinemax. I wonder if Cinemax Cindy 
might be like a cover-up name for some guy sitting at home, overweight guy with a pot belly, maybe like named Earl. Yeah, or Lou. Yeah. Yeah, I, I worry about that, Coach. <laughs> I, wor- I do worry, believe it or not. All right, well, I'm sorry you couldn't see that game. It was a heck of a football game. Oklahoma came back and won it. Uh, Virginia Tech knocked off Florida State 44-33 ACC championship. Connecticut beat South Florida 19-16 on a, uh, what was it, a 52-yard field goal at the buzzer, right? Wow, wow, that's a, that's a way to get a win for Ray Edsel. Seriously. So they're going to, they're going to a BCS game. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you the matchups here in a second, but uh, that's that's a heck of a way to win a conference championship, too. And Virginia Tech, we got to mention them because they lost their first two games of the year, including a game-two loss to uh, anytime you lose to a university named after a president, that's not a good thing. James yeah, James Madison knocked him up, and, and they turned things around on a dime. Big Dog won, what, 10 in a row? 11 in a row, I think. Yeah, 11 in a row. Wow. And, and and they ha- they look like one of the better teams in the country right now. Yes. I mean, like the, the, the whole – Playing them in a bowl game is going to be awfully tough, Coach. Frank Beamer? Is it Beamer or Beeman? It's Beamer, Coach. He can coach. Yeah. He yes. can coach. Yeah. No question about that. All right. Let me, I'm going to start you at the top. I don't know if we're going to, we may run out of time here. And any of our uh, listeners, you're into some college football bowl talk. You want to talk about the matchups or maybe some of the games from this past weekend. Feel free to dial it in. Coach and the Big Dog. User friendly sports talk here on the talkzone.com. 888-463-6748. We got to wait all the way till January 10th, Big Dog. Yeah, Every year it gets later and later, but. I think it'll be worth the wait. It looks like it's a great game. Oregon and Auburn, as you know, uh, the national championship game in, uh, what the heck is it, the Fiesta Bowl? Uh, let me think. So this is, uh, it was the 10th season. So um, where do they have the national championship? Yeah, it is. It is the Fiesta Bowl this year. Uh-huh. No, actually, it's not. It isn't? Yeah, well, I don't, you know, it's so good. The BCS championship in Glendale. Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, it is. It's Fiesta Bowl. All right, let's call it the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, there, there is a Fiesta Bowl, but now okay. there's the extra, there's like the extra one now. But mm-hmm. that's what the Fiesta Bowl is played in Glendale now. So Where were um, Auburn and Oregon ranked in the preseason, Big Dog? Do you recall? Uh, Oregon was like uh, like sixth or seventh, and Auburn was about 14th or so. Interesting. Maybe, a little, maybe about 19th, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, so it was a matter of time over the – 12 weeks of the collegiate football season, but the cream hath risen to the top. Both teams are offensive juggernauts. Should be, uh, dep- either, whoever wins, it should be a tremendously entertaining national championship game. Yeah, you know, it's funny as Auburn has the best fullback in the country. Uh, a guy that no matter what, you just lean on him and, and he gets three yards. And oh, by the way, he can break a 50 yard run at any time. And oh, by the way, that guy happens to be their quarterback. You know, that's, it's awfully good when you can grind a game out with your quarterback. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, that's really impressive. And he can throw the football as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that helps. I mean, Jan- you talk about an efficient offense. January 4th, the Sugar Bowl. I love this matchup. This is a team I fell in love with early, and they proved my love to be correct. The Arkansas Razorback will be taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Great matchup. Oh, it is a, a great matchup. You got a, a spread it out, throw it all over the field offense with a really, really good running back and, uh, and, a below-average defense coach. I can't even explain to you how good Arkansas's offense is, coach, because they have a bad defense, and yet they won 10 games this year mm-hmm. and are rightfully in a BCS game. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? How often does that's how good their offense is? Because I, I can't. This might be the worst defensive team ever in the history of BCS bowls. So, and uh, Ohio State very good defensively, solid on offense, solid in the kicking game. 
uh, Ohio State will probably be favored by a field goal in that game. Arkansas Al emailing in as you made your comments, and I believe it says something like, tell Big Dog to take an extremely long walk on an incredibly short pier. Arkansas Al upset with your comments, Big Dog. Well, uh, Arkansas Al, I'll be more than happy to take that walk with you. <laughs> I don't think he's volunteering himself. Let's move on to the Orange Bowl, January 3rd. Big Dog, I love this game. Stanford. Arguably, the Stanford Cardinal could be playing for the national championship this year. They had a phenomenal season. Heisman candidate Andrew Luck, and they're taking on the team we just talked about, Virginia Tech. I don't think these two teams have ever faced each other before. What a great matchup. Yeah, I I have no idea if they have or they haven't, but not in in my recollection, can I? And arguably, no, they don't belong in the national title game because they've already lost to Oregon, so that was their shot at the national title. I understand that, but they had a sensational Cease. I mean, they really yeah. did. They played some tough competition. Stanford was just, you know, above and beyond. In other years, they would almost be a national championship contender. Either way, it's a great game against a uh, the team we just talked about, Virginia Tech. I, I totally agree with you. And, and if Oregon wins and Stanford wins, Stanford might be the number two team in the country when the Bulls are done. Going to guess on the point spread on this one, it will be close. Stanford three point favorite. That sounds about right. I would put them at three or four Mm -hmm. for that game. And I just love it. It's not so much the power of the teams. I like the uniqueness of the matchup. You don't normally see Arkansas take on Ohio State. I love the flavor of that game. I love the flavor of Stanford-Virginia Tech. That's why I'm so excited about these these bowl games. All right, moving right along, we've got now this one, the Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma taking on Connecticut. Connecticut kind of the buzzkill in this whole picture. I hate to do that for our friends out in Connecticut. But that one does not excite me that much. Yeah, it it doesn't excite you at all. Oklahoma should be a 13-point favorite in that game. And how many times has Oklahoma over the last five, six years been a huge favorite in a BCS game and then they Mm -hmm. lose to West Virginia or a Boise State? So, uh, Coach, it's funny how you're talking about that could be the bus kill. That might end up being the best game out of them all. I don't think so. Might be right. I don't think so. I think the next one might be the best one of them all. Excited about this one. They say in sports, and I think you would agree with this, you might have been one of the ones to tell me this, there are very few things you will ever experience better than running onto the field with the sun partly on the stadium at the beautiful Pasadena Rose Bowl and going out, running out onto the field for the Rose Bowl for that atmosphere in front of the screaming fans, the atmosphere. And so that uh, I'm sorry, somebody else is trying to buzz in, coach, and tell me who's going to play in that game. So I'm going to guess first. It's got to be TCU Wisconsin. What an outstanding matchup! Texas Christian University, the Horned Frog, undefeated in the year against a dominant Wisconsin team. Love the matchup, and I love the flavor of this two teams that again rarely, rarely play each other. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a phenomenal game, Coach. And, and you're talking about how Stanford could possibly be playing for the national title. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it. Like right now, who's playing better than Wisconsin? Wisconsin, Virginia yeah. Tech, Stanford. There's some really, really hot teams playing some good football right now at the end of the year. Yeah. So that, that's uh, those are your big game matchups. We can get to some smaller ones, but those are, I think, as intriguing and quality of matches across the board as we've seen in a long time. What do you think, Wisconsin, TCU, Big Dog? I'm trying. I'm going back and forth, trying to gander a guess where the betters may go. The point spread on this one? Wisconsin by six. See, I don't think so. You think TCU is going to be the favorite? Well, I got to look. I got to look at the, who has TCU beaten among the, the, major teams. TCU's biggest win of the season is either going to be their uh, their ten point win over Oregon State, 
or their 40-point win over Utah. Okay. Then I'll, other then... than that, other than that, there's uh, they got their uh, their uh, like a five point win against I don't I don't know, it was it was within a touchdown win over San Diego State, but other than that, they really didn't beat okay. anybody of of consequence. Even though they're a real 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 good football team, coach. I, I uh, but right now Wisconsin is a juggernaut. I mean, they cannot be stopped. They come at you with three running backs and they just keep running, 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 running. And the next thing you know, Scott Tolzien is uh, completing a 40-yard pass downfield. So uh, they, they've got an extremely good offense. And if they get the lead, they'll beat anybody in the country. Anybody in the country of Wisconsin gets the lead. I, I thought their pedigree was a little better than that. Having heard that, I would agree with you then. Wisconsin probably a, a five- or six-point favorite, but I think that'll be a great game. So there's some of your matchups. Big Dog, if you want to get uh, – you know, get going early. You can December 18th, not that far away in New Orleans. Ohio takes on Troy. I know you're thrilled about that one. Uh, you know what, Coach? Is, is, you never know what are going to be the great games. And uh, that game, Troy's got to win that game. But, yeah, that, I'm no not that much interest, I have to admit. December 24th, you got to feel very happy for the folks that play on the Tulsa football team. They're going to travel to Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii, and take on the home team, Hawaii, which rarely travels. They're really uh, they're soft out in Hawaii. Yeah, and they and they don't travel well. No, is, is one thing, coaches. They don't travel well at all because who wants to leave Hawaii? Because everybody's <laughs> always impressed. Hey, can you can you imagine how Iowa Hawkeyes? They travel. Those fans travel. Wisconsin Badgers. They travel. Of course they do. Everybody's trying to get out. <laughs> how about the uh, Detroit Bowl? I don't know what the hell's going on in the background, but it sounds like Big Dog. I'm not sure. He might be being arrested. No, no, no. I, I'm in I'm in beautiful Humboldt Park, coach. And some oh, guys yelling at yeah. me, and it, it keeps on wondering why I'm not answering them because I don't speak right. Spanish. Well, is, is this, the if this is your last show, you've done a heck of a job, I might say. Um, <laughs> the Little Caesars Bowl in Detroit, December 26th, Toledo, taking on Florida INT. Oh, Florida International, huh, coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would have to say the Rockets from Toledo should be able to control that football game. December 29th, the team that you. Uh, Ride the highs and lows with the team you love so much, the team that lost once again to Fresno State. They will be taking on Baylor in the always prestigious Texas Bowl. Oh, that's not good, Coach. i got to tell you something. Baylor has one of the best <laughs> offenses in the country. I'm not kidding you. They have a really, really, really good offense. And uh, Baylor will be favored in that game over my beloved All right. Illini. All right. Big Dog, we got to wrap up the show. That is about it. Where did you uh, go? Yes, David Olson. Uh, I have some news. Bad news? Uh, yes. Uh, Dandy Don Meredith has passed away at the age of 72. Oh. Wow. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Speaking of that, by the way, and we'll get the Dandy Don tomorrow. He'll be our obituary of the day. We we need to leave the show uh, on your com website and many, many others saw some great tributes uh, over the weekend to Ron Santo. And I will tell you, Big Dog, not that I, you know, lost sleep over, but I don't recall in recent years, in a long time, in athletes passing away that affected me as much as the passing away of Ron Santo. It did, it did legitimately depress me a little bit, and there were some great memories to Ron Santo over the weekend. Yeah, Coach, I completely, completely agree with you. You know what the funny thing is, is for since I've known about Ron Santo's condition, I've kind of been prepared that eventually one day he was going to die, but all of a sudden when it happened, it really, it really hit home. He, he was a good, good man, coach, a really good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a sad day in Confirmation, without question. And, and catch the big dog's uh, um, ode to Ron Sanders. It's very well done. Chi-Town, 
uh, mix.com. And, and I read all, you know, all kinds of stories and heard all the interviews of Ron Sano. One thing that stood out when he joined the Cubs, the very beginning. I forgot about this story. He turned down a $60,000 contract to go to another team. He took a $20,000 contract, much less money, because he went and visited Wrigley Field, and he fell in love with the Cubs and fell in love with Wrigley Field way back then. A true throwback, big dog, to uh, good days gone by. Yeah, and and I didn't know that. I, I did know that he turned down many scholarship offers, including to the University of Washington, to play quarterback because he was the number one uh, quarterback uh, in the Northwest when he was in high school. Interesting. So, I mean, he was, Ron Santa was a good all-around athlete, mm-hmm. and uh, he decided to play baseball instead. A little bit had to do with his diabetes because mm-hmm. he was afraid to play a quarterback as a diabetic. I I, I huddled our basketball team before Friday night's game. We were playing an opponent much better than us, taller. We had like six healthy players for the game, no chance of winning, and, uh, you know, went over a little bit of strategy, but I used Ron Santo and his enthusiasm and passion to play and overcoming hardships. I used him as an example with our team, Big Dog, and he is a true inspiration. We'll be sorely, sorely missed. Absolutely, Coach, and uh, without a doubt, Coach, this is, you know, I always tell you how I feel about somebody when they passed away, and I'm going to miss Ron Santo. I absolutely love that man. ChitownMix.com. Check out the Big Dogs tribute. Dog will uh, talk to you on Wednesday, I believe, correct? Yes, on Wednesday, Coach. God bless you. Have a great day off. Uh, Big Dog and the Coach back at you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. David Olson, our producer, outstanding job. Have a great day, everybody. TalkZone.com.